You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, it's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here once again. M's win last night, 10-3. Big offensive showing. Man, they broke out the sticks last night. Four runs in the second, three runs in the third. They wipe out the Texas Rangers, 10-3. <laughs> Things awfully tight when you look around. Mariners now 72-73. and The Rangers, 72-72. and other games of note last night, Baltimore losing 3-2 to the Blue Jays. Rays beat the Yankees 2-1. Twins all over the Padres, 16-0. They have a couple more coming up with the Padres as well. Angels get blanked by the Astros, 1-0. Verlander, 8 scoreless in that one. So, looking at the standings, heading into today, same two, Yankees, Twins, Angels now fallen two games back of Minnesota. KC, Texas, three games back. Mariners, three and a half back. So they can pass the Rangers tonight with a win. Tampa, four. Baltimore, they've lost six in a row. They are four and a half back now of Minnesota for the second wild card. So tonight, another big night. I mean, I guess they all are the rest of the way, but two more against the Rangers. These are a huge couple of games, a chance to gain some ground on Texas. To do it, though, to get more than just even, they have to take the next two. Mike Leak will take the ball tonight. Overall 9-12, a 4-1-0, but he's been excellent for the Mariners in his first two outings in a Mariners uniform. And taking the ball for the Texas Rangers, the lefty Martin Perez will take the ball. Perez this year, 12-10 with a 4-8-1 ERA. Although you look at his last few starts and they've been pretty good for the Texas Rangers. Last time out, it was against the Yankees. Went five and two-thirds, gave up just two earned runs. Start before that, it was the third against the Angels. Took the ball six innings, three earned runs. Went seven and two before that, seven and zero the time before that so really you look at his season he's pitching his best baseball of the season so Perez against Leak in a huge game tonight in game three of the series and Mariners could really use this series you start looking around and there's just not a lot of games left in the season not a lot of opportunities left in the season and this is a huge opportunity in these next two ball games last night though all about the sticks. A couple of huge home runs early on. Ben Gamble, a huge blast. The 1-1 to Gamble. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Two going back, looking up. Goodbye, baseball. 
Ben Gamble with a three-run home run here in the top half of the second. And the Mariners lead it 4 to nothing over the Rangers, number nine on the year for Gamble. Kyle Seeger going yard as well. Pitch home. Swing and it's clubbed high. Deep. Chew has already given up. This is to right field. Long gone. Second deck home run. Kyle Seeger. Back-to-back nights with a big-time jack for the Mariners. Kyle Seeger making them hurt here in Texas once again. He has blown this one wide open. It is 7-1 Mariners. And Marco Gonzalez giving the Mariners five strong. Here's the pitch to Gallo. Swing, and he pops it up. Shallow right field. Well, out there already. Robbie Cano backpedaling. Coming in is Hanniger, and it's going to be Robbie Cano way out there who makes the catch, and that will retire the side. Five innings in the book tonight for Marco Gonzalez, and he leaves with a five-run lead through five. Um, I just try to keep the game, try to keep putting up zeros, and, um, you know, those innings where we put up four and three, just trying to go out and uh, limit the damage, trying to throw strikes and uh, just attack for the entire night. Marco, you kept them in the yard tonight, too. This is the part that gives up home runs by the team that hits home runs. How important is that to keep them in the yard? Yeah, it was huge. Um, I think more than anything, just getting ahead. Um, these guys are really aggressive, as we've seen, and so um, getting ahead early with off-speed pitches and then um, fastballs late uh, was kind of the game plan, and... Uh, Stick to it as best I could. Um, and like I said, just try to keep them off the board. Um, our offense was going to work tonight, so really trying to get those guys back in the dugout. You don't usually do a huge windup, but I noticed you stayed all stretched tonight like you did yeah. in the last eight. I think, is that something you're going to stay with? Um, just... Yeah, I think so. Um, I think pitching out of the pen the other day uh, really helped me to simplify things. And so that was just uh, another decision. You know, I was just, I, I want to keep throwing strikes and I want to get ahead. And I think going out of the stretch um, eliminates some, some extra movements for me. And right now, that's that's huge, just being efficient. Three earned runs in five innings, fan six, claiming his first win as a Mariner. And just a big day offensively. Hanniger, two more hits, goes two for five. He is red hot. Here comes the pitch. Swing, and he clobbers this on a line by the foul pole in left field. It is banging off the wall. It leaves a dent right atop the fence as Hanniger goes coasting, sliding into second base with the double. Ripped off the wall, the 14-foot wall in left field, a two-out, two-base hit for the Mariners' right fielder. Robbie Cano, three more knocks. He goes three for five in the game. Here comes a 2-1. Swing, and it's lifted high out to right field. Two is picking up some speed. He's on the warning track. He's by the 377 marker. He leaps, and it pops out of his glove, and it comes back out of the field. It brings home a run. Hanniger scores from second base with two outs. And he might have just swatted a home run back out of the field. He may have saved home run number 300 for Robinson Cano, who is still sitting on 299, but picks up yet another double. Nelson Cruz, a couple hits, two for five. Alonzo, two hits. Zanino, two hits. Gamble had three hits in the ball game. He's been hot, and this is exactly what the offense has needed. They, they need to carry the load here in the month of September, and they certainly did last night. Ten runs, 15 hits on the way to the victory. Here's Scott Service. Uh, offense, certainly, uh, we woke up today and really swung the bats well. Uh, big home runs by, you know, Seager and, and Gamble. Uh, Cano had a nice night, and, you know, Hanniger staying hot. So uh, really nice offensive night. I thought you know, Marco uh, hung in there, you know, gave up eight hits, but he's, he scattered them. They had some traffic on him, but he, he made pitches. Uh, I thought, you know, five innings was good. That was kind of the goal coming in if we could get five out of him. 
Um, you know, I thought his changeup was pretty good tonight, uh, and they were singles, so he kept them all in the ballpark, which is a, a definitely a good thing for him. And our, our bullpen, I thought Pazos was outstanding tonight. Uh, came right after him, and guys after him did a good job too. So good, good team win. Uh, needed to get get this uh, road trip rolling in the right direction. These are big games. Uh, we talked about it today as a group, and, and our guys responded. Marco, better the second time, second third time through the lineups. It, it was. Uh, you know, I think you got some balls, you know, the, the 0-2 pitch to Mazzara up, you know. He uh, did locate maybe when he got ahead in the count as well a few times. But, uh, like again, I thought his changeup was really good tonight. Um, and, and he made some adjustments as the game gone along. And, you know, lucky for, for us. And, and for him, he had a little cushion to work with, which was nice. It was nice getting those runs up on the board early. And then that's the other thing that the cushion does is it allows you to kind of give some guys in the bullpen just an inning, 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 and not have to sort of burn arms. Yeah, we were kind of headed that way tonight, whether it was a cushion or not. <laughs> we knew, uh, you know, Marco was hopefully going to give us four or five good innings and then kind of go to the bullpen. And, you know, we're able to stay away from some of the back end guys so they'll be fresh again tomorrow. Scott, you got contributions from just about everybody in the lineup. What did you see from your overall at bats? Uh, I thought we were, we were on Gonzalez. They're Gonzalez, you know, from the get go. Uh, guys were seeing the ball good. And, you know, the lefties. Uh, you know, gambled the big, big homer. Seager knocked the tar out of that ball, which is good to see. So uh, that's what's going to take up and down our lineup. We've got to start having you know more consistent at bats, and it's nice to see the guys come together tonight and get it done. You, know, you look at what Zanino was doing tonight—a couple hits, he got the walk, but then he he hustled to make sure that he you know beat out the fielder's choice. What are you laughing at? Mike always hustles. Yeah, yeah you, you know, and, and Mike, Zanino's really, really played well. Um, I think. You know, the consistency of the at-bats, you know, he's still going to have a few strikeouts. He's going to have those rough games. But, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I'm really impressed with the job he's done behind the plate. He's taken his game to another level and leading our pitching staff, which is, like, taking 40 guys to get to know this year. So uh, that, for me, is what's really stood out, and that's what's going to be huge here going down the stretch. That playing the eighth inning with Hanneman, uh, with Kyle Seeger's ball that dropped in, what what can he do there? Does he have to pick up the umpire? He picked up the wrong umpire, okay. yeah. He looked at the second base umpire. It's the third base umpire's call, and then Laz Diaz quickly made a safe call. But, you know, Jake's excited, didn't see it, looked at the other umpire. But, you know, young guy, he'll be fine. Hey, for Marco, important to get Build his confidence a little bit, kind of going forward here. Oh, I think the last, you know, the, the relief outing he had was really good for four innings tonight. You know, gets his first win as a Mariner. Nice confidence booster there. So we'll keep him going. You know, again, with the addition of Felix and Paxson in the rotation, we have a lot of guys. We're going to kind of, you know, pick and choose. I think it's really important to give Marco, give Andrew Moore, even Miranda now a little bit of a breather. You know, so hopefully we can, you know, mix and match when we start those guys. And, may not see them for seven or eight days, but it gives them a little bit more time to recoup so they're fresh when they go out there. Sometimes, you know, a, a skipper will divide, okay, first half of the season, second half of the season. Is that, what's the focus for you with this club, 17 games left? We have 17 games. Well, we can only worry about tomorrow's game. A nice job tonight. That's how we need to get after it. Uh, you know, it's, it's too late if you wait till there's five or six games left and say you've got to win them all. So uh, our guys are focused. Uh, like I said, we had a good meeting today, and they responded really well. So here's what we have today. Yankees will be playing Tampa Bay in New York, Met Stadium. 10-10 first pitch. Chris Archer will get the ball for Tampa Bay. Jaime Garcia will go for the Yankees there in that ball game. White Sox in KC to take on the Royals. That's at 11.15 a.m., so some early baseball with some games that matter. Baltimore and Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. This is a good matchup. Gosman against Stroman. Baltimore trying to turn things around. They've really struggled. Of course, you know about Mariners-Rangers tonight. Leak against Perez. And Padres will be in Minnesota. 5-10 first pitch. Santana 
will take the ball for the Minnesota Twins. Padres really struggling, 65 and 80. So Minnesota trying to take advantage of that schedule. They've already taken one from the San Diego Padres. Astros and Angels tonight. It's going to be Fires getting the ball for Houston. McCullers scratched. So that's a cause for concern for the Astros, certainly going into the postseason. They need him to be healthy. Skaggs will take the ball for the Angels. So that lays out the important games today as the Mariners try and gain some ground on everybody and, most importantly, try and get a win against the Texas Rangers tonight. Mitch Hanniger has been absolutely on fire. Here he is sitting down with Shannon Dreyer. Catching up with Mitch Hanniger. And, Mitch, obviously you're you're on a nice little run right now. I probably don't need to tell you about <laughs> that. But um, we've seen this at different times of the season with you, and it just seems like when it clicks in for you, you put so much trust in it that it's going to come around that uh, you're able to kind of ride that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel good, really good at the plate right now. Just um, swing's always a work in progress, trying to get better every day, trying to learn new things. And um, right now I feel fully healthy, and I think um, – that's a big thing, just being able to trust my body and um, feel normal. So I think it's been good. When did you first feel that? Because I know you came back, and I, I know that the, the face thing was something I, I think you adjusted to pretty quick, but you said that the other, the oblique, sometimes those swings were a little bit hesitant to take. Yeah, um, the oblique in the games, it was never really an issue. I had kind of, I'd feel it lifting and um, swinging in the cage and stuff like that just kind of always lingering. Um, there are still days where it kind of lingers, and I think um, a lot of guys say that when they've had an oblique injury that the, until they gave it a full off season to kind of train and recover that have never fully went away. But I've been feeling really good. I feel kind of back to normal now where I'm able to get all out of my swing and do everything I want to accomplish. So um, that's been good, and it's been a lot better than it was, you know, two or three months ago. Is this the same swing that you came into the season with? Is it a matter of getting back to that, or have there been tweaks to that? Yeah, now it's more of the same swing. Um, there always are tweaks. Pitchers are going to adjust to you, and you have to adjust to them, and it's always day-to-day, and I'm always looking at film and just going off the field and talking with Edgar and Brogius and, and figuring a plan out. What is a regular day for you in your routine? Usually getting getting a good warm-up in, sometimes that a full lift, sometimes just you know a normal warm-up, get some sweat going, and then... Um, go to the cage and work off the tee and just really try to hit the ball right back in the middle and hit the ball to the right center. And then um, I do flips with um, Prieto or Bro, whoever whoever's in there, and kind of the same thing, trying to drive the ball as hard as I can right back up the middle or right to right center and just make sure um, everything you know clicks. And I have tons of different checkpoints that I want to feel, and, um, yeah, that's kind of the daily progression. When does the video come into play? Sometimes during games, sometimes after. Um, definitely before every day as far as the opposing pitcher. I watch um, the opposing pitcher every day. A lot of times at the beginning of the series, we just watch the bullpen. And then if I want to see a guy throughout the series, I'll watch more on him if he's a bullpen guy. But as far as my swing goes, during game, after game, next day, just kind of depends when I want to see it. You're a studier, and one of the things that got me is, I, can't, I think we were in Minnesota, that was Chris Jimenez, and you said that you were asking people on the bench what he threw when he came into the game, and they're like, he's catcher, don't worry about it. But you study. What do you get in seeing guys a second, a third time, and whatnot? Well, for me, it just gives me a better plan, and that's why I kind of hound guys in the dugout if they face him and I haven't. I want to you know, see what they're seeing and then so I can have a plan for myself. And then it's always better when I face him because then I know exactly what um, you know he looks like or how his how his pitches move. So um, if I haven't, then I you know I ask around or I try to watch video on him and see if 
but for me, it's always developing a plan. And so when I get in the box, I feel like I've done my homework. I've, I'm, I, you know, I've studied for the test and I'm ready. Who's really good at giving you, like, if you're on the dugout or on the bench and you want something quick, who's who breaks it down pretty well and quick? Honestly, a lot of guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> you all speak the same language. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are really good, especially um, Nelly's good, Robbie's good, Seeger's good, Zunino. I, I've talked to all of them, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And what about Edgar Abro? What are the kind of questions that you ask them in-game? Um, yeah, I talk to them a lot on the opposing pitcher. They... Um, they know more count percentages, what the guy likes to throw, and and they have you know a chart on the whole bullpen, and you know who who are possible guys they might bring in to face me. So I talk to them on on stuff like that, and scouting reports, and also just in game swing adjustments. If there needs to be something, if I feel something, I'll go to them and ask. And um, one thing I kind of like, I just try to do a lot of work in the off season and, and in the cage, so where I can usually feel it myself when there needs to be a swing adjustment. But they've helped me a bunch this year at different times, and you know it's a team effort. So you know whether I need I feel something off, I'll go to them and they'll give me their thoughts, or they come up to me before I even you know ask them. So it's been good. We've been um, having fun watching two of the last three days. You've had people thinking cycle a little mm-hmm. bit. Have you hit for the cycle before anywhere? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think it's hard enough in baseball to get four hits in a day, so. Um, obviously, a cycle would be great, but um, yeah, just going up there with the same plan every at bat, just trying to hit the ball hard. And it's uh, if it was as easy to control where and how many bases you hit, guys, you know, would be hitting a lot higher than 300 every every year. But yeah, it's hard enough to get hit, so just trying to keep it simple up there. It's not on your mind, but it'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. All right, thank you, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And the Texas Rangers—they feature a Federal Way native on their roster. Oh, Tony, you've had quite the journey to get from. Auburn, Washington, Thomas Jefferson High, all the way here to Arlington, Texas. First of all, you're in your second year with the Rangers, and you've continued to pitch so incredibly well. What has it meant to you to be a part of this organization and be such a staple in Jeff Banish's bullpen the last two seasons? Um, you know, I love being here in Arlington. This, uh, they gave me an opportunity that obviously is something huge to me. It helped me fulfill a dream of mine. So um, I love the guys here. I love the weather here, especially now it's cooled off a little bit, you know, but it's, it's just a great place to be. It's a, it's a good team. It's a good group of guys. And, you know, obviously we're getting led by, you know, AB and be able to part of 3,000 and, you know, be on the field with a guy that's seen and done as much as he has. It's pretty special. What was it like for you growing up in Auburn and I'd have to imagine cheering on the Mariners? Oh, man, I mean, grew up you know watching the you know, like the 95 Mariners are the ones that are most you know prevalent in my mind obviously that was something that just energized the city back in the Sonics were making the playoffs every year and 95 Mariners came rolling through and you know that was a special time of year especially for you know Seattle and baseball have you talked to Edgar much I haven't you know I, I think he's one of the few guys that probably intimidates me a little bit you know so you know maybe one day I might over sneak over there and you know say hey but you know it's it's fun you know you get to see these guys firsthand these guys that you grew up idolizing and you know we used to you know love watching Edgar hit doubles after doubles so you know it's it, it's cool to see these guys firsthand and you know it's just it's pretty special. Fascinated to learn more about your path to get here to Arlington. You made it as high as AAA in the Arizona Diamondback system, and then going over to Japan, not just for a year, but for six seasons. What was that decision process for you like? Man, thinking back now, it happened in a blink of an eye. It went from, you know, text message to real quick. You know, it went from text message to being really serious, really fast. Really? You know, in retrospect, um, you know, back and looking back in hindsight now, it just happened so fast. And I just remember sitting there after it was all said and done. After I you know, put my name to the, you know, put my ink to the paper. It just kind of 
set in saying, you know, what did I do? <laughs> what, what, what if I, where am I going? So, but I mean, the decision process, I was, I was a young guy and, you know, you know, took a leap of faith and, you know, here I sit. How did your time in Japan make you a better pitcher? Yeah, it just, you know, taught me different avenues of the game, you know, gave me different perspectives and um, just different looks on how to perform, um, I guess. You know, there's a lot of guys over there that have played baseball a long time, you know, that we would never hear of over here, but there's a lot of knowledge over there. And I just, you know, I kept my mind open and I, I tried new things. And again, here I sit and it's all working out well and just couldn't be happier. Is there an element or two of Japanese culture, whatever that might be, that you have carried with you here back to the States? It's now part of your almost day-to-day life? I mean, nothing that stands out as opposed to, you know, I spent a good chunk of time in Japan, and that changed me as a person, as a man, as a, you know, as a husband, and as a father. So it's, it, I immersed myself in a culture that I was completely unaware of, or not unaware, but, right. you know, I, I just lacked education on exactly what went down over there, and I learned really quick, but it was just a fun experience, and, you know, we, we look back on it fondly, and I take a lot, you know, we've got a lot of knickknacks, a lot of memories from Japan. Did you start your family in Japan? We did, we did, wow. so both, uh, you know, both my daughters were born here in the United States, but, you know, the family was started in Japan, and I can't wait to one day take them back and, you know, just visit Japan and show them, you know, show them where our family began. When you get back to Seattle with the Rangers, what's the one place that you make sure to always go to? Man, I just, I, I just like walking around the city of Seattle. Um, I remember growing up, you know, spending much time in Federal Way and Auburn areas. We didn't get out to Seattle too much, but it's just a beautiful city and the weather's so amazing. I love it up there during the summertime. It's just one of the favorite, my favorite places. Tony, it's great to catch up with you a little bit. Thanks for the time. Yeah, my pleasure. One ball and no strikes on Blowers. The 1-0 pitch on the way now. Swung on and belted deep to left center. Fox to the track, to the wall. It is grand salami time for Mike Blowers. And just like that, the M's get the one that broke the back of the camel. The road Mike Blowers has traveled to the Kingdome has been a familiar yet strange route to Mariner fans. From his hometown of Graham, Washington, to Tacoma Community College, and finally the University of Washington. It took Blowers just three years in the minors to reach the big leagues with the Yankees. But once he hit the Bronx, Blowers' trip took a detour. When I first came to New York, uh, being a kid from Graham, Washington, living out in the sticks my whole life, and all of a sudden being thrust in the Big Apple was uh, a bit much for me to handle. And uh, it was real tough, but um, when I first got there, I thought things were going pretty well. Uh, Bucky Dent was the manager, and uh, he was running me out there pretty much every day, which is what a young player needs to do. And uh, it seemed like once uh, Bucky was fired and uh, Stump came in, he had different ideas, and I stopped playing, and I had to go into a pinch hit role and do that. And uh, have never done that in the minor leagues and used to playing every day. I just uh, didn't do a very good job of it at all because I didn't know how to. The 91 season saw Blowers homer on opening day against Frank Tanana and the Tigers. But nine days later, he received some startling news. He had been dealt to his hometown team. Well, first of all, when they told me I was traded, I didn't really at the time care who I was traded to. I was just happy to be out of New York. And um, once I found out that it was Seattle, it made things a lot better. But uh, shortly after they told me that, I was assigned to Calgary, and I wasn't thrilled with that but uh, sometimes you got to take a step back to make a step forward and uh, it's worked out for the best. Blower spent the rest of the 91 year in Calgary and he would see only 31 games in Seattle in 92. 
but the Kingdome was still a familiar place. You see, Blowers and his family grew up as Mariner fans, and in 1986, he actually played against the Mariners in a Husky Mariner exhibition game. Uh, I just remember uh, being real excited just to play in the Kingdom for one. It was a big league ballpark, and I'd never been in one before other than watching. And um, we got to play the Mariners, and the only bad thing about that was uh, they broke camp a little early, so we had to face Mike Moore for seven or eight innings, okay. and that made it kind of <laughs> tough on us. And But it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I ended up getting a hit, I think, off of Paul Marabella in the eighth inning, and... Uh, it was a big thrill for me and my family, and it's something that I'll always remember. Though his Husky career spanned only one year, it was a memorable one. 1986, Blowers hit 383, 16 homers, 59 RBIs, and he won the Pac-10 Northern Division Triple Crown. Only one other player in league history had done that, John Olroot of Washington State. Now, current Husky coach Ken Knudsen remembers Blowers, and he feels that the attitude he showed at Washington has helped him with the ups and the downs of professional baseball. I think that's that's been the thing that's that's kept Mike in baseball is that he's just sort of uh, done what's been necessary to play. He's always had a good attitude, been a good uh, team player, you know, good makeup to him. And uh, you know, when he's sent down, he's worked hard and he's come back up and been a better player. With a 280 average, three homers, and 21 RBIs, Blowers has been a pleasant surprise for the Mariners this year. Earlier in the year, the kid from Graham etched his name in baseball's history books with grand slams in consecutive games, forever linking Mike Blowers with immortals such as Babe Ruth. At the time that I did it, I had no idea that it was any type of record or anything like that. And uh, actually, I didn't find out until after the game when I talked to you uh, doing the, the post-game show. But um, it was exciting for me at the time, but I, I was even more excited when I heard Dave. They, they <laughs> replayed the thing for me, and I got real excited about it, and it was nice uh, for you, of you guys to make a tape for me so my family could enjoy that. Here comes the stretch. The 1-2 on the way now. Fastball belted deep to left center field. Hulse to the track, to the wall. And would you believe it? Mike Flowers has his second grand slam home run in two days. My, oh, my. See you later! It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.